0: I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, episode number seven. Today, we have guitar extraordinaire Phil Collin of Def Leppard talking the vegan lifestyle, staying fit, the 30th anniversary of the Hysteria album, and more. So it's time to rock.
1: This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's
0: Dr. Ward Bond. Welcome, everyone, to Life Changing Wellness. And before we begin, if you could just do me a favor, please head over to the iTunes page after the interview with my guest, Phil Collin, if you could rate and review the show that helps us to gain more visibility and attract more people like you. So if you could do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. And I also encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com. While my guest today was influenced by guitar players such as Richie Blackmore, Jimi Hendrix, and Mick Ronson, Phil Collins soon developed his own unique aggressive style of guitar. He joined Def Leppard in 1982 during the Pyromania album recording sessions. and Pyromania was the breakthrough album and turned the band into rock superstars overnight. They spent the summer of 1983 at number 2 on the Billboard charts behind Michael Jackson's Thriller. And Pyromania sold in excess of 10 times platinum and received a Diamond Award as well. And can you believe it's the 30th anniversary of Def Leppard's Hysteria album, one of the best-selling rock albums of all time, achieving 12 times platinum in the U.S. and selling over 25 million albums worldwide. The collection spawned seven hit singles, including the Smash Hits, Pour Some Sugar On Me, Love Bites, Armageddon it, and Rocket. And Def Leppard is now among rock and roll's elite. And joining the group of the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, The Eagles, and Van Halen, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my guest today, Phil Collin. Great to have you on, Phil. Good to be here. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, you know, I want to kind of start this off since... This is a, a health and wellness show, and we like to keep everybody up to date on feeling great. Now, I understand that you have been a vegetarian for 35 years. You've been vegan for six years, alcohol-free for 30 years, and I congratulate you on that. Uh, Thank you. you, know, what, led you, you know, what led you to a healthier lifestyle since most of the general public kind of view rock stars as nothing but sex, drugs, and alcohol?
1: Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of cliches and stereotypes in, in, in everything. And, uh, you know, I think the fact that, you know, in, in Def Leppard's case, you know, we work harder than, than most other bands, you know, and that, yeah, you know, obviously influenced by, you know, people like Mutt Langer, who uh, is the ultimate hard worker and, and is totally inspirational. I think that that's, that's how we got that whole thing. So we, we kind of do the opposite to, to most bands. You know, I think uh, once we recorded. Um, pyromania we were very serious about how we wanted to sound and and to achieve that you actually got to put hard work in so if you're swanning around getting drunk and everything uh, at a certain point you you can't do that you it kind of affects your um creativity it affects your health it you know affects everything that's involved in in being successful so i i think um that that was the the real reason You, you can't really have both you can't be you know falling asleep on a couch because you're drunk and and be successful at the same time so uh and and it goes into every area of your life you know with with uh you know health i mean it's, it's such a an important thing you know if, if you know more than anyone else but it's uh you know like a lot of bodybuilders they they they'll shun alcohol because you know if you you, you have one alcoholic drink it kind of voids out any nutrition that uh that your body takes in for five hours so just things like that so there's a lot of reasons really but um me being a vegetarian initially was because I, I i just i didn't want to you know I, I saw this as dead bodies you know body parts you know heart lungs and god knows what they put in in sausages and burgers and stuff <laughs> yeah. so I, I i was disgusted by it actually made me want to throw up in fact one one time i did did nearly throw up and um, and so I stopped eating that, you know, 25 years, uh, sorry, 30, 35 years ago. And then, you know, I've, I've been a very strict vegetarian. And then I just went over to being vegan. You know, I just got got rid of the dairy thing after I read a book called The China Study. And um, you, you, so, so lots of different things. And it makes such a huge difference. You know, it's uh, you, your, your body's in such a better shape. I'm, I'm working out with a new trainer at the moment. Uh, I've been driving up to L.A. and back every day. and that's really been amazing uh, uh this guy eric the trainer uh, who does this thing called celebrity sweat but he actually trains guys like a lot of actors and people who, who need to get into to shape or a different type of shape without injury and stuff like that and, you know someone over 40 you know actually i'm almost 60 um the, all of this stuff makes sense to me and you know he's just hardcore the guy's huge and, and just really knows his stuff so um and it's inspiring. It goes back to that thing again, you know. And so I, you know, I've been doing all these things, you know, uh, and and the byproduct of all of that is that, um, you know, I don't hobble around like a sixty. I know a lot of guys who are forty and, and they they kind of have knee problems, back problems. They, they feel bad and everything. And I, I actually feel like Superman. I think it's great. So I attribute it to that, you know. It's kind of and, it, and like I said, you know, the the food thing wasn't me initially been doing a health kick. It was it was more of a moral thing. Um, the, the, wow. Maybe the, the taking the milk and dairy part out was, was more more of a health thing. Um, but um, having said well, let me that, ask you know, you this. It, it made a huge difference.
0: Yeah, well, well, let me ask you this: because I have spent more times than I can even count backstage with rock bands and heavy metal bands, and and you know, I see the beer here and there. But what one instance and it's really shocked me. I was actually backstage with Alter Bridge, and I hear, hey, where's my uh, green tea? And I'm standing there thinking, (laughs) wow, what a cultural shock and and what amazes me now. And it's kind of like the things that you're saying. And and I've noticed this with other musicians and and, uh, guitarists. A lot of them are jumping in to live a healthier lifestyle because touring is extremely grueling. And, you know, we're not going to get into the whole album royalty thing because that has changed dramatically. And a lot of guys have to stay on tour to make a living. And, and their body, it takes a toll on their body. And here you are telling us that you're 60 years of age. You could probably pass for your late 30s because you look that great and that fit. And what amazes me is how do you stay... That healthy and that fit, even while on tour?
1: Um, Well, the the easy thing on tour is is that you get lots of hours in the day. So you you can actually go and work out and stuff like that. And and I actually really control my food intake. You know, I have like a a George Foreman grill and a Vitamix on the bus. So, you know, (laughs) I'll, you know, grill up some veggie burgers or, or, you know, just make and, and then throw it in a giant salad and, you know, do smoothies and and all sorts of stuff so you know the I, I totally control that um, and i think you know you, you you have to look after your body i i, a fun, I this is a funny story I, I i saw ozzy Osbourne once this is years ago like this is like probably about 20 years ago and he he just stopped drinking and because if he didn't you know the alternative we all know what happens i mean that's what happened with with steve you know was my best friend in the band he um he wasn't able to stop. Anyway, I saw Ozzy and, and you know, he said, yeah, I'm not drinking anymore and all this. And we was in this a food cult. We was in the water tower in Chicago, actually. And he was just there on his own. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, I'll buy you a drink. I said, oh, yeah, wheatgrass juice. So so he actually bought me a wheatgrass juice. And this was a while ago. I'd, I'd forgotten all about this. But it, it was, you know, you have to look after yourself. Because uh, if that fails, then then your career fails. And, and if you look at it that way, and like, you know, like you were saying, you know, we think with record industry, um, you, you, you really have to be a touring band. But more than that, you know, you, you actually, to, to be successful, period. You know, you don't, and like backstage, you don't see any kind of um, drugged up opera singers. You know, they really take care of their voice. And it's a lot more of a serious right. thing. And I think, um, certainly with, with a lot of, you know, rock music or popular music, The the really serious players, uh, you know, you take that into consideration because it's actually part of the the process. It also makes it easy. You know, I go on stage, it's easy. I could come off stage, I could do it again. I could work out afterwards. And that's not me bragging. It's just the fact that it's a byproduct, you know, kind of a a side effect of of having a a healthier lifestyle. And, and, you know, like I said, I don't really go out of my way to do that. It's just that, that that's what happens.
0: Well, you know, it's amazing because I've seen I've seen guys walk off stage, two-hour show, completely worn out, exhausted. And sometimes I stand there and I'm thinking, you only worked for two right. hours. But I know that right. – but and I don't say that lightly, but it's like, okay, I understand that some guys will – or some bands, they, they give it all they got for that two hours. They're going to give the fans their money's worth. And then you get some guys, it's just kind of like they just walk through it, but, you know – you feel so good because your lifestyle has created this vibrant vitality that you could literally go off stage after a show and say, "Hey, we can do another show this afternoon or tomorrow morning, and I'm ready to go." Right.
1: Well, throat permitting, yeah. That's the only other thing. It's like the singing part, the hardest part. But uh, yeah,
0: physically, right.
1: it would it be no problem. You know. And also, the other thing is like if someone's paying all that money to go and see a band. I'd be really pissed off if, if my favourite band couldn't be bothered, and I, I think that um, you, you, as a performer, you absolutely owe it to the audience. And I think you know that the better you come over, and the better you're perceived, uh, the, the better reaction you get. So it's um, it, there's, there's lots of reasons really why, why you you know you, you you kind of owe it to yourself and to anyone anyone involved really, including the audience.
0: Well, you know, I've got to hand I've got to hand it to you, Phil, because I love it when I hear uh, artists and I hear bands that really appreciate their fans and and understand and that people work hard for their money, they they buy the ticket, they want to see a great show. And all of the the musicians and the rock stars that I've ever had the honor of interviewing and talking to, I've only met two divas in my whole entire life. And uh, but generally, everybody's just great to be around and to hang out with. So uh, that's really cool. But I want want to ask you something. You mentioned that being a vegetarian for 35 years and then you went vegan to basically removing the dairy. Now, what do you use in place of dairy in your diet right now?
1: Well, you don't really need dairy, period. You know, I just use it to gloss it up a little bit. You know, I'll have like cashew nut milk and um, almond milk, I still do have a little bit of soy, you know. I'd rather not have soy, but you know, I, I have such a minimal amount now, and I have that. In I agree
0: coffee. with that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. You know, I agree. I I'm not. That. I'm not a soy. Yeah, I'm not a soy person at all. So I agree with the almond, the cashew. Do you ever do coconut milk or things like that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. We've got tons of it in the fridge, and you know, I make like um, you know smoothies and that, and we we, we put that in there as well. It's kind of. That that really helps, and and uh, tempe and stuff like that. You know, I've, I've just my trainer Eric has just changed my diet just for the so that in in the morning I kind of you know I'll have a grapefruit first thing in the morning, like you know, you get relax the, the body into something kind of easy to digest, yeah. <laughs> and then then I'll have like um, vegetables, tempeh, and some quinoa, and that's a that's a pretty hefty breakfast that fills me up. You know, I have a killer workout about 11 o'clock and, and then you know i i'm back home and then you know i can actually have a second workout which i've actually started doing which is, is more of a kickboxing drill and an ab workout thing I, I it's not i've even just avoided the boxing thing i just do head kicks so it's, it's almost like an ab workout but um so wow. but you know you you're, i'm fueled up i can actually do that and then you eat less as the day goes on and i really like the way that 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 feels i mean you know it's a really good you know, you have a very little towards the end of the day, and you, you kind of have some good stuff, some good fuel, but but earlier on, that you know, still it's got carbs in there, it's got protein from the tempeh and everything else, and you know, you you can do all this stuff, and and again, you know, people go, "Well, are not you getting enough?" You know, protein. Uh, five years ago, um, I, I weighed about 155 pounds, um, and I was bench pressing. 380 and it good it, and everyone goes well where'd you get the protein and you, you I get it through plants it's, it's plant-based obviously the more you lift the more protein you need but you know you have protein powders sure. and extra things, and you get so much from from clean food clean vegetables uncooked if, as much as you can like you know leafy dark leafy greens all of that stuff flax seeds all of that stuff so I, I, I kind of in, involve all of that and you know it works it,
0: it will work. Well, and isn't it amazing that, uh, you know, because you're talking about uh, eating clean, which I absolutely love because, uh, you know, earlier this year, I did a, a three-week uh, juice-only fast because, you know, people don't realize that the enzymes in clean food promote life, gives us energy, right. repairs tissue, and, and does so much more. And so – and, of course, you know you're living proof of that. and And it's amazing because when I did the three week fast, my wife goes, "Wow, your skin is so soft." Well, a lot of other people that I've talked to that eat clean and and for all of you listening out there uh, today, you need to realize something when you eat clean, it's literally the best anti aging regimen you can do and 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 not we- just to turn it into a diet, but it has to be a lifestyle like you do it.
1: Well, I've, I've got to say, I've, I've got a friend, uh, Jenny Cook. She's she's married to Paul Cook, who, who plays drums in the Sex Pistols and my other band, Man Ray. You know, he, um, she's a raw food chef, and she's fifty. I think she's just turning fifty-five. She's got the skin of a twenty-year-old, and she <laughs> um, promotes this raw raw food. Like she's come out with with the Def Leppard guys and and the Tesla guys, and, and this is this is a God's honest truth. One of my friends done the whole thing that she put us on um and he'd had skin psoriasis for eight years and he tried all creams and steroids and god knows what he went on a diet and within three days it all disappeared and and that was wow. like, completely raw so again if you want to look her up jenny cook j e n cook um she like i said i will i will definitely
0: do that yeah well do you do a lot of
1: out uh, she comes on tour with us, <laughs> well, she, she went on tour last, actually last year with, with us and, and, and the Tesla guys as well, so, you know, she's, um, yeah, it's, it's almost like magic, you know, and, and she she does this whole thing, so, yeah, you can do that, and and she's a walking billboard, and you see it, you go, you're kidding, you're not 55, and,
0: and she's, like I said, her skin is beautiful, you would never, ever know that she's got a yeah, 30-year-old I mean, daughter, you know, it's crazy. Wow. Well, you know, that amazes me because when I, you know, by eating right, uh, or I should say eating healthy, some people don't understand what the word eating right means, but eating healthy, yeah. and again, it's it's pure anti-aging and I've had people come up to me and and I've had discussions with with others in the entertainment industry and the music industry and it's like, well, "How in the world do these some of these musicians live so long and you know it's funny because there are people like you who really strive to stay healthy and eat right then you have the other side where let's say the rolling stones you have you know you had bb king live into his 90s and sometimes i think it's just the magic of music and creativity that really brings longevity there's just something about music that really adds to the lifespan of course when you add a good uh you know eating lifestyle i think it makes life much easier and more enjoyable as well
1: yeah absolutely yeah there's something almost like a spiritual connection if you with music and, and stuff like that that kind of it's kind of weird voodoo i gotta say so but it, yeah it, it definitely kind of prolongs and and you know uh, inspires and that's the word that keeps coming up for me all the time you know i, I kind of um yeah, you you, you in, in, if you're inspired and you're inspiring people, you know you, you'd be amazed at what what an effect that has. So uh, you know just being being around a, a creative musical force and, and and getting that constant inspiration is, is uh, also a, a great thing. As long as it you know as long as it makes you uh, feel good and relax and and kind of be in a good place, you know. Because I do know some people who are kind of a bit toxic and bitter and stuff like that. and own, yeah. but they're obviously not—they—they're not receiving the memo, you know, because there is there is something <laughs> magical about it, you know.
0: Well, let well let me ask you this because I was very impressed uh, that you actually support or uh, that you well tell me about your support for the Gerson Clinic and how did that begin?
1: Um, couple of, well a few years ago, um, a, a friend of mine his his mum had just died from cancer, pancreatic cancer, and my dad. That got him too, you know. So uh, he said, "Oh, you know, I want to donate some money to to a cancer charity." And I said, "Well, don't just, you know, just any random cancer charity, because a lot of them, you know, they, they they take the money; it goes on CEOs you know, plane tickets and hotels I, and
0: I agree, I agree.
1: So I, I knew of the Gerson. Going back to Jenny Cook, she told me about um, Charlotte Gerson, who who, who was um he was taken out of Nazi Germany, when she was twelve by her dad, Max Gerson, who invented juice therapy. And you know he he was was um making this juice for for people who had um, he was curing something, but it the side effect, it actually cured some of the people or it, or it kind of stopped their cancer from spreading. so it was it was all back to this lifestyle and life force and and eating you know and, and juicing the right thing. So he invented this, this juice therapy thing. So, um, you know, obviously he passed away years ago. And uh, Charlotte, who, who I, I got to meet, and she's in her mid, late, late 90s now. And um, she was, uh, you know, we went down and I said, well, why don't donate to these? You know, these people are doing a really good, uh, a really good thing for, for cancer. And, and it's kind of, and you can see where it's going. So, um, and they're, they're trying hard. It's not all, you know, pumping you full of drugs or what. You know, I've got nothing against, you know, uh, some of these, these amazing breakthroughs with cancer and stuff. But, you know, it's, it's not all about just slice, burn, and, and, and all of that stuff. I mean, there
0: are well, ways, well, you know. Yeah, and I, I agree. My my father, who uh, he had passed away from colon cancer. But, uh, you know, we, we used to sit there, and he'd tell me the story of Max Gerson. And my dad mm. was a big juicer as well. And so when I heard that you support the gerson clinic i was absolutely shocked because i'm like i know the story of max gerson you know like you said the family came out of nazi germany and the rumor is that max was actually poisoned because they were afraid his therapy was going to override chemo and radiation and and put a monetary dent into their you know whatever they're doing and but you know, Charlotte carried on. I mean, I actually, I still have to this day the full Gerson therapy book. And yes, I got it. Yeah. So when I heard, yeah, so when I heard this, and and you know, and I read the story, uh, you know, how you had lost your father to pancreatic cancer, and I'm literally stunned today on the amount of pancreatic cancer that is showing up across the globe. I mean, I know three people. Uh, right now one had just passed earlier this year was a very close family friend of pancreatic cancer and it is you know you're talking survival rate of usually less than one percent and it there's right, something that right. needs to be done out there now didn't you actually uh didn't you auction off one of your guitars for the gerson clinic yeah am, am uh, absolutely
1: right? yeah so what we did um and and the the proceed you know went to the gerson clinic because uh you know my friend uh jake willoughby actually he, he got this guitar built it was a jackson pc one i played it on stage uh we auctioned it off and we, we donated the proceeds to, to the gerson clinic because uh they, they were doing just such amazing amazing work so yeah for sure
0: so how much did you raise <sighs> wasn't that what, what did it go over twenty thousand on that
1: yeah yeah it was just just above 20 grand yeah
0: well, I can tell all of my listeners out there, if you're, if you're really wanting to check something out, check out the Gerson Clinic. Uh, if, need to, if you need to contact them, contact them. It's, it is a great organization to support. But for those of you who are listening that may be going through a cancer battle, definitely look it up. You know, if, you know we're not going to shoot down chemo and radiation, but the body is a living thing. And the Gerson Clinic actually supports the body by giving the body live, living food that we're going to need. And well, Phil, I know that uh, this year, uh, Def Leopard is celebrating the 30th anniversary of the breakthrough multi-platinum album Hysteria. Now, can you believe that it's been 30 years? No,
1: actually, I one of, one of the reasons I can't is because we, we only had one year off, two thousand ten. But other than that, we've been like working all the time, so it's really flown by. You know, I kind of I remember all the recording like it was yesterday, and and again, you know, it was it was it was some a, a tough period as well. Some weird things happened. You know, Rick had the accident, lost his arm. Um, we were battling, you know, trying to get producers and that until Mutt Lang- came back on board and then it was really inspiring again you know like i said you know it's uh all, all about having, having that around and you know he was just an amazing inspiration and, and then we finished off the record and it did what it did you know so it's uh it has flown by though it, it is amazing and and the fact that it still is relevant to this day you know here on tv all the time i you know you, you just radio cars you, all, all the time you you hear a song off the exterior. so it's 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 pretty cool. Usually pour some sugar on me, but, you know, it's all, it's all, it's amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled.
0: Well, you know, I was reading the history of the album and, and looking at all of the, uh, the situations that the band had gone through. Like you had said, you know, Mutt Lang was there at the beginning and then he came back and then Rick had his accident and it was a, basically an album three years in the making. Did you ever think during yeah. that time, if the album was ever going to get finished?
1: Yeah, we did. We knew it was in there. We knew it was a gem. And and I think, you know, Matt had to go and do the cars out because he was, uh, you know, he he already made a a commitment to that. So he said, I can get this thing started and then maybe you guys can finish it off. And we really couldn't. We couldn't finish up without him because it was all his ideas anyway. You know, he had this this concept of of how it should sound. And when he came back in the fold, uh, it it was amazing. It actually went fairly fairly smooth. I mean, it was was tough to record, obviously, but... um, it, it was also inspiring because, like I said, you know, being just being around him, and he's just, uh, just got this amazing presence and, and kind of work ethic and all this other stuff. It, it kind of went. So it, we actually felt good about it when he was around because you know you you trust in his judgment to to get it done. So yeah, we we thought we we thought it would end up sounding kind of like it did. That was the dream, you know, that was the the, the image of it, and it and it did, and, and then it ended up doing what it is it was a slow start when it first came out but then it you know kicked in you know with, with the pour some sugar on me single
0: well out of all of the songs on the album which one is your favorite to actually play live
1: i like playing rocket because i i like what it what the song suggests you know it's got huge guitars huge tribal drums almost and it's got um this chant so it's very def leppard it's kind of def leppard in a nutshell If he was you know, ex- you know, explain to someone, you know, what's what Def Leppard about. You play on that track, and you are okay, kind of got this quirky guitar riff. It's like not the norm, but it's, uh, but it, uh, you know, kind of, and it's uh, obviously it was done in the 80s, so it had a very 80s feel to it. Um, but yeah, it kind of, it kind of ticked all the boxes for for what we're about on that song. So I, I, I got a, uh, I have a, a good time playing that. Hysteria, actually, all of them, you know, Hysteria is great. You know, Pour Some Sugar on Me, everyone reacting. Such a crazy way so it's yeah it's all good fun
0: yeah you know when i first heard uh, armageddon it at first you know when you hear the song sometimes you don't even think about the title until you actually see it on paper and you're thinking armageddon you know and, and it's just a great play on words but you know the whole yeah, yeah. album is so fantastic but you know what is now you know when i listen to and i and i'm a rock guy i love true rock music and and Def Leppard to me is one of the very few, one of the rare, what I would, I put you in the category of stadium bands. I mean, you you have to have that sound. And it's kind of like in the old days, and I'm going to show my age here, but, you know, I remember when Van Halen would do the California jams. And they were, you know, they were in an opening act. And, you what? know, and they could fill a stadium with so much sound and you know Def Leppard does that and you know a lot of people don't uh, you know they've never experienced a true stadium rock concert and you guys still put that out there.
1: Yeah, I mean that that was always the plan, you know, we we were always fans of that, you know, before I was even in the band, you know, I, I remember talking to Joe, you know, we both had a very similar uh, thought process if we could just like combine all all the stuff, you know, like Zeppelin with David Bowie and T. Rex and and a bit of Rush and just this whole larger than life, massive kind of iconic, um, whatever it is and 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 so we had this kind of plan and and it, it kind of it, it worked you know it was the, the, the the blueprint for the sound was a cross between ACDC dc and Queen if you could kind of right. marry those two things so you had this kind of aggressive Hardcore rock thing, not metal, but like rock, and then and then you had all the, right. the the beauty and melody and harmony of of like Queen, the songs and everything. So if you combine that, and so that really was the plan. Uh, and again, you know, Mutt with Matt with on board, he, he would say, okay, let's let's do that. Let's just make this new sound that that is a, a version of these two bands. And you know, he'd just come off of producing three ACDs albums. You know, um, uh, Back in Black, uh, Highway to and for those about to rock. So you know, you had first. Yeah, insight into that, and you know, he's just such a huge music fan. So, you know, that was that was the goal, and and but it, even on a, on a physical level, you know, trying to fill arenas and stadiums with with exactly what you're saying—that that sound and that kind of that vibe—that um, that was the plan, and it still is actually. We we still try and push it even more. We, we're off to Rio. We're doing Rock in Rio, and that's uh, that, that's going to be. You know,
0: insane, you know, along those lines. You oh, people. well, yeah. You know, I know South America has <coughs> incredible, incredible crowds. And, you know, from, you know, kind of give all of us a perspective for all of us common people out there. What's it like to stand on stage and look out and see nothing but a sea of people that just touches the horizon? What's it like to stand in front of crowds at large?
1: Well, I love it, but there's, there's an interesting thing, and this is just me personally. I, I don't really. Everyone in the band has a different um, approach to it. I, I'm all. It's almost like a third person goes on stage. It's not me. It's not the guy you talk to. It's like, you know, I, and I spoke to Alice Cooper about. It. He always talks about Alice in the third party. It's like he go, Well, Alice does this. And like, well, aren't you Alice? And it's like, Well, no, actually, it's 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 this other guy that gets up there. and, And I didn't really get what he meant, but I I have a very similar thing. So there's a a swagger to the guy that's on stage that that I don't necessarily normally have. It it kind of, you you get out there. So it's a different thing, you know, you get out there and perform and, you know, you you, you really enjoy it and and have fun with it. But it's it's very different to, say, me sitting in a studio playing. It's it's, it's a different kind of approach. It's a whole different thing. It's almost... um, it's almost like be- becoming a um, um, a theatrical actor or something. It's like this this guy is actually going out there to play a part. And again, you know, when we played with Kiss, that, it, it hit me that, that they weren't really a, a band, that they, but they were more of a theatrical troupe on a very large level. Because a rock band would not spend two hours in makeup, you know, for 40 yeah, odd true. years every single night. And they, they don't. Care at all? They're like totally fine. They're totally into it. So their approach to it is really great. I gotta say, I love their work ethic and and everything. But it it struck me that that they have to have these third, and they, you know, obviously they get into character. You know, they actually get into these other characters as well. So it's pretty amazing. I think that that tends to happen with me personally. So when I look out at at an audience, I I really I love it. I enjoy it and everything. But it's, it's a lot different to me going to a concert and sitting by the side of the stage and looking out, yeah, that that seems a bit, um, almost overwhelming. And and in fact, when, when I go on stage in Def Leppard, it's not overwhelming at all. It's like a, a joy.
0: Wow. Well, let me ask you this. You had just released a limited edition sneakers that sold out in under 24 hours. Tell us about those hot shoes.
1: Well, that, well, that was great. I, I went into this, um, this store in Vancouver, um, in the Gaslamp District. And it, it was called 604. And I, I, I was... It looked like a, a, a New York art gallery. But it actually was a sneaker short store. And, you know, they had stuff up. And, you know, I got talking to the guy. And I said, well, so what's that? And he said, well, we get local artists. And we put their art on, on our sneakers. And um, I was like, wow. And he didn't know who I was. And I, I I, came back. like I had lunch, came back. And I said, well... I said, look, i just throwing this out. But I, I'd done... 30 guitars, I splash painted 30 guitars for Jackson's uh, 30th anniversary, that's the company I use, that's the guitar I use uh, Jackson PC1 and um, oh, yeah, splash paint on them and, and wrote my name in Japanese Phil on the side in, in kind of a Greek graffiti style <coughs> and he saw the, the thing and the, the, the episode of Porn Stars where, where I was actually checking one of the guitars out and uh, he was like, oh my god could you come in tomorrow and just Try and do we'll get the colors and try and do this on on a, on a you know sneaker. So when they looked so cool that um, we decided to do a, a, a limited edition run. Uh, so we done thirty pairs of sneakers. I went back up there and, and splash painted these these sneakers and signed it exactly like the guitar. It was the same kind of method and everything. Um,
0: oh yeah, they're 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 so cool looking. I actually got to see the uh, the photos of you actually splash, splashing the paint on those. Now are they're going to be another limited edition
1: uh, well, sneaker yeah, coming that, out anytime so, soon.
0: Like,
1: I, I think, yeah, I think we're going to, we're going to talk about something because, uh, and then we're going to do some like canvas ones as well. Cause this was just a, a, it was a one-off. It was, it was kind of, this is, uh, uh but it went so well that, that I think, yeah, we're going to be doing something else in the future. So, um, yeah, that, I, and I, it's James, James Lepp who owns the store and, and, and runs it, I think he's just such an amazing guy. And it was, uh, Again, you know, it's just wonderful to be around artistic and inspiring people. You know, I just thrive on it. So that, that, that was really cool as well.
0: Well, I got the inside scoop this morning, and uh, <laughs> this, this episode with you will be released after the official air date, but we can talk about it here. I was told that you are teaming up with none other than Joe Satriani and John Petrucci for the upcoming G3 tour. Kind of tell us about that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was, again, honored to be asked to, to be part of that. Um, Just a, a month just over a month ago, I was invited to do the G4 guitar camp up in, in Monterey, California. And um, that's amazing. And, and you know, it, it's like, it's, you know, guitar fans, guitar geeks, everything. But it, it so you, you ended up doing, you know, there were supposed to be two hour and a half seminars and all of the when I got in there, they they were at least two hours, and it just kind of kept going. The Q and As, and there was so much to talk about. And you know, I played, and then I would get up and and we'd we'd all do a set each, and then I got to play with, uh, with obviously with Joe Joe Satriani and and Paul Gilbert, both are amazing players. Warren D. Martini, who plays in Rat, and I hadn't played with him. Oh yeah,
0: years. yeah, I know. Yeah, and Warren's also, awesome.
1: Yeah, he's, he's great. And, and then, and also Tommy Emmanuel from Australia, who's, uh, just incredible player. So um, it was an honor for me to get up there and, and do all that, and it went so swimmingly successful. And it was just such a great vibe. And, and uh, I, I guess my, my style is slightly different. You know, I'm a rock guitar player. You know, so and and it's not instrumental. You know, I'm obviously I'm in a, in a band, and we, it's a, a slightly different approach to it. So it was kind of really cool you know, to be invited back, you know, to, to do some stuff, because it actually, it really, really went down well. It was a, a, a great kind of addition, I guess. That's what everyone was telling me. So, um, so then when I got invited to do the tour, I thought, oh, this is great. So I'm, I'm probably going to, um, if everyone can do it, you know, the guys in, in Delta Deep, my other band, uh, we, we're probably going to be uh, the, the band that actually does that, that tour, for sure.
0: Wow, well, you know, it's really it's really interesting that because of the lineup, you know, Joe Satriani has been an instrumentalist for years, and every, and we all know for those of us who know who jo- Joe Satriani is, and then you know he even stated that in a way it was it's like he had to change a little bit when he joined Chickenfoot because he hadn't been in a band in years, right. and then John Petrucci, who's with Dream Theater, you know, that's a band that is a cross between metal rock and being an instrumentalist all at the same time. Yeah. And then you're adding the rock flavor. So it's kind of like you're going from a band outside of that realm being, I guess, in an instrumentalist on this, this type of tour. And, you know, I've got to throw this out here because I've, I've met John Petrucci before and we were backstage with dream theater and, you know, he's also a health nut too, but he's more of a bodybuilder type. Have you and John ever discussed, uh, Traded uh, ideas on health?
1: No, I've actually never made. So this this would be fun as well.
0: Well, it's kind of funny because it, when I was backstage with John, uh, uh, my good friend, uh, Shredder uh, Rusty Cooley, uh, he and John are very, very good friends. And it was so funny because uh, they were actually sitting backstage talking about the size of, the, of their forearms because they both lift weights. And John br- brings up a point of, you know, well, if it's your picking hand, so to speak, does the increase in muscle size actually change the way you play? And I thought that was kind of interesting to hear it from a guitarist point of view. And, you know, you're extremely fit, you know, what I would call lean and mean, so to speak. And I guess you don't think of things like that, do you?
1: Yeah, I I probably was benching more than they they would uh, before, you know, even, even as a lighter guy. But I would also, you know, I I had an accident a few years ago. My tendon tore off the the knuckle. It actually came off just as we were starting a tour. And, and, uh, you know, I couldn't, we had to drop a few songs. I had to get Vivian to play a couple of my solos. um, And and this was in Paris and uh, we were rehearsing. And what it actually was, I think I was lifting too heavy and I was training too. I was doing Muay Thai and, and kickboxing. So I was doing pads and everything, and I think just the constant. And this has been for years, like hook punches and stuff like that. And I I have boxing gloves and wraps and everything, but it, I think just ultimately, what well, I wasn't even hitting anything when it when it happened, it just went and and it went kind of numb. So I had to have it it's back on, and I couldn't play guitar for um, six weeks. I was in a cast, and then when when I came back, I had to um, I literally had to, you know, do physical therapy. I couldn't even lift anything up, and I had to start practicing guitar again so that was a really interesting thing so I can definitely understand that what they're we're talking about with, with, with weights and and how it would affect that because just just not playing for six weeks and that's the longest in my life I haven't done that
0: um, you know well, man, which which hand wrist action, well which hand was it was it your left uh, hand. pick no, hand or left fret, hand. fret hand
1: it was a fretting hand, oh. so I couldn't even pick a guitar up I couldn't even hold a neck because it was it was
0: so it's
1: amazing how, how, how much power you lose when you don't use something, you know?
0: My goodness. So it,
1: it, was, well, how, it was a, a well, very weird experience.
0: Well, well, let me ask you this. Well, and, I, and I've got to ask this question for all my uh, guitar friends out there. that uh, uh, How long is your practice routine for, uh, I for guitar? I don't practice.
1: I just play guitar. I, I, I think that's the other <laughs> thing. I, I, I never really practice because it's... But I play guitar all the time. I think, right. Um, you know, I, I used to practice. I used to practice before i go on stage. I'd play an hour. And my playing got really stiff and I didn't enjoy it. Uh, and then when I stopped doing that, started closing my eyes and just really digging it, <clears throat> it all changed. Uh, and the, and the, the, what, what was coming out was way cooler, you know, in, in that case. You know, obviously, if I'm, I've, I've got to play something on an album or something, I'd, I'll be, I'll practice that or practice a part that I can't quite get. Um, but I don't sit there doing scowls. However, I did after I had this accident, you know, after the um, cast came off, I was, I was back to sitting down playing scowls every opportunity I got. So, um, it's just to, to get the, the technique back in, 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 full swing. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it's, um, it, it's kind of cool. The other thing that, you know, I do have to sing all the time. So that's, that's a slightly different thing because it's, uh, it's a muscle and it's, a, it's a bit like working out. You, if you if you don't keep practicing there, it's, uh, it 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 goes, and then I wouldn't be able to hit those notes. You know, we we, we all get better as singers as we go on because we, we do this warm ups and all of this stuff. With with the guitar playing, it's slightly different. You know, I can pick a guitar up and, and pretty much do something straight away, and and I I think that again, you know, because I play all the time.
0: Well, you know, it's I, You know, I can't. You know, it's hard for me to even fathom how Joe Elliott keeps his voice going and singing all of those years because you know you know lead singers you know that that's a big strain on the vocal cords it is because uh nah, does, had a,
1: a, a thing happen to him he's uh you know throat, the doctor said you know you got to stop singing otherwise you're going to lose your voice completely this was like a year and a half ago um we had to cancel some shows uh and and joe had to do all this um Therapy, you know, like these, these, this guy Roger Love, who's, a, who's an amazing uh, vocal coach, you know, nursed him back to health, and Joe actually sings better now than he did when he was in his twenties. I mean, I honestly, he just he does that, and it's it's down to doing these warm-ups, doing the practice, and and singing all the time. You know, there's a, a lot of guys they, they stop singing or they stop playing, and they, and it it kind of it's, it's like an athlete, you know, when he when when he retires from the team his physical uh, whole being just disappears. And, and it's the same thing, you know. It's So uh, you've got to keep doing it, otherwise it'll disappear, you know, so on, on one level or another. No, you know, like I said, but I, I, I may as well be practicing because I'm literally playing all the time. But it's, it's such a... It's right across the board, you know.
0: Yeah, well, I got one one last question. we got a couple of minutes here. And I understand that you have produced the new Tesla album while on the road. What was that like? I just
1: got the first draft of mixes yesterday and it's one of the best things i've ever been involved in i, I, I love it so so diverse it, it sounds like a, a, a mixture if you've got a you've got a mixture of queen zeppelin um got, you know, the beatles if you, it's, it's like a, a, a cross between all of that and uh, it's, it's phenomenal it's like wow so i'm, I'm thrilled about that it's going to be coming out next year
0: well fantastic well phil it has been a pleasure and an honor to have you on my show today i can't wait for all the listeners to uh hook up with it to hear everything that uh, we have discussed about uh good health the 30th anniversary of hysteria and so much more so uh Man, many blessings to you and, and y'all have a great tour in South America, and I can't wait to catch the next American tour of Def Leppard, and I'm going to definitely hook up with G3. I can tell you that. Oh,
1: brilliant! I'm really looking
0: forward to that. It's great, and I'm looking forward to meeting John as well. He sounds really cool. And
1: yeah, that's great, and that, that's really interesting what you said about the finger thing and that about weight because there, you know I, I I didn't realize that the that you could do damage like that it's really funny the stuff i'm doing now with with eric the trainer is is uh, avoiding heavy weight but still trying to get the effect physically you know with without doing that. so it's, it's you know i love the constant um learning curve and, and meeting other people who have different experiences you know you can take that on. so it's uh it's really cool so i, I look forward to, to meeting john on many many levels and uh yeah it's just it's just great and i'll see you out there
0: Hey, absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our interview with the legendary, guitar extraordinary, Def Leppard's Phil Collin. And remember to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com. And if you can, if I can ask you a favor, take 30 seconds, rate the show on iTunes. The reason being is we want to attract more people like you to the show. And the only way we can do that is if you rate it, which helps the show to get more visibility. And please leave a review, a positive review as well. And if you could do that for me, I'd greatly appreciate it. I'm Dr. Ward Bond. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Ward Bond TV and Facebook at Dr. Ward Bond. And go to my website, drwardbond.com, for more. And I want to thank you again for listening to Life Changing Wellness with my guest today, Phil Collin of Def Leppard. I'm Dr. Ward Bond. Have a rockin' healthy day.